0: Well, we're in this series, aren't we? We love series here at Door of Hope because we get an opportunity to be concentrated in our focus on lots of different aspects of uh, God and his goodness, as uh, Sam's been talking about, and also his word. And this series is um, called uh, For Everybody Always, everybody, comma, always, and the subtitle is Becoming Love, in a world full of setbacks and difficult people. That actually about describes our week sometimes, doesn't it? Setbacks and difficult people. And so with this series we're trying to put, I guess, the the flesh of Jesus on the principles that he taught so that we can be more like Jesus in the way that we operate in our world. And uh, shape our world for the better. And today, it's uh, I'm talking about forgive everybody always. Now, that's very easy to just let that roll off your tongue. Forgive everybody always. Oh yeah, do that. <laughs> Not if you're human. That fi- that is very difficult. You see, because. Um, if we're a reasonable sort of pe- person, we, when somebody wrongs us, we at least require justice. We want justice. But if we're a, a really hard-headed kind of person, we want revenge. And we want it now. And these are the human characteristics, our base human nature um, that is there before Christ infills us and changes that. But of course even as we're growing Christians or on a journey to be Christ-like or however we want to describe our pathway there's still parts of that in there of us and so what we're trying to do today is explore how we might leave more and more of that seeking justice and more and more of that seeking revenge behind in order to emulate our saviour. Now I just want to kick Bring a brief recap of where we've come from over these last few weeks, and remember the the energy that Pastor Steve brings each week. And um, I wish I had his energy. Actually, I probably had it when I was his age, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, and he was talking about honouring everybody always, and how we view a sort of a line in our world, and we see some people be below the line and sort of shame and above the line and we, we uh, honour them and depends where we are and our perspective on that line as to how we view our world and uh, he introduced this phrase that it will recur and will recur. What is simple isn't often easy. What is simple what sounds simple or is a simple phrase isn't often easy isn't always easy. Um, and then Christy, the next week, talked to us about loving everybody always. Again, something that sounds so simple. And it is simple sometimes when everything's rosy and you've, you've you know, had a nice meal and you're in good company and you can love everybody always. But then you meet some difficult circumstances and setbacks and it becomes harder. And she talked about that Jesus shows us what the law of God looks like. When Jesus came, he actually was the law of God walking around, demonstrating how God's principles operate in humanity. We can't love everybody always, but God can. It's his nature. And so um, God living in us will enable us to more and more love everybody always and then Steve came back as if one week wasn't enough he was back for another one and uh, he was talking about bless everybody always and he was saying that God's fundamental posture is a blessing posture It's, it's a huge part of his nature he wants to bless and we saw that of course in the way that he created the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. And uh, then when he called Abram out of uh, his home country and he said, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. And that uh, Abrahamic blessing comes through to us today. We are blessed by God to be a blessing to others. And he talked about grace being unmerited favour. The grace of God... Uh, is something that we don't deserve, but he gives us anyway. It's unmerited favour. And then he talked about material, relational, and spiritual blessings. And remember, we even got to sing that old song Count your blessings, name them one by one. I won't go on, uh, that'll ruin the day. <laughs> and then last week, Ruth popped up, and in her own inimitable way, she presented Christ to everybody, always. And uh, she started with the Great Commission about how we're commanded to go and to teach people all that Jesus commanded. Sounds simple. Very simple. But it's not often easy. And our humanity isn't always as good as it should be. But we have Jesus as our example. And she said that there's three ways we present Christ to everybody always one is our words one is our actions and the other one is our lifestyle choices and that's how people see jesus in us by those three things our words our actions and our lifestyle choices so today forgive everybody always sounds simple it's not often easy And I want to do it in sort of three different aspects this morning. Firstly, I want to look at something that's reasonably familiar to a lot of us, and that is the Lord's Prayer. And uh, then I want to look at um, a question that Peter, good old Peter the disciple, asked Jesus. And then finally, I want to look at some practical aspects of how we can understand and place forgiveness much more readily into our life. But... Right at the beginning my disclaimer is what is simple <laughs> isn't often easy and I find that particularly in my own life as well. And I'm not one to hang on to, uh, to hurts and, and uh, um, uh, people wronging me mainly because I have such a bad memory I can't remember what they <laughs> did anyway. And, and so that's, I, th- I think as I get older it's a blessing <laughs> not to be able to hang on. Now the Lord's Prayer I said is familiar to some people but I, I, I have to acknowledge that it was from my era it was familiar. My parents taught me uh, the Lord's Prayer. It was taught in Sunday schools very regularly uh, and because in those days and I'm talking about the middle of the last century <laughs> the middle of last century <laughs> um, more people went to church. It was a more natural thing. You, you are you are very special people that you've come out of your everyday existence to, to come and to worship God. You're in the minority actually uh, but God's minority is a majority in God's kingdom. Um, and so this prayer, the Lord's Prayer has been a real blessing to me as I grew up and, and as I remember it. Of course, I remember it in the old translations uh, but... Um, So, because I realise that it may not be familiar to all of you, we're going to have it on the screen. And um, uh, it's from Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 9 to 13. And this is the New Language Translation. And so, if you feel comfortable with this, and because it may not be familiar with you, I'm going to encourage you to read it out with me, if you're able to do that this morning. Our Father in heaven... May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but to rescue us from the evil one. Now that's where all the modern translations stop But the older translations which I'm familiar with Went on and said For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory Forever and ever, Amen We now understand that that was added Sometime in the uh, later centuries And not original part of the uh, the words of Jesus So it's missing out It's that hand isn't it I'll put it in my pocket So but today I just want to focus on uh, one verse of that and that's verse 12 which says And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And um, some translations would say forgive us our debts. Some would say "Trespasses," as we've forgiven those who've sinned against us or forgiven our debtors or those who've trespassed us against us. And a simple definition, of course, is sin is anything, action or thought, that falls short of God's desire for us as his children and includes the things that we read about in the Ten Commandments. Debt, of course, in this instance, is the moral and spiritual debts to God, our shortfall compared to God's plan for our lives. And I like this quote from Adam Clark, a a scholar from the 19th century, said, God made man that he might live to his glory and gave him a law to walk by and if when he does anything that tends not to glorify God he contracts a debt with divine justice. So that's part of that understanding of forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debted against us. And trespasses of course Is an old word and it's not in the modern translations very much but it it appears to hang over from the first English translation. There's that hand again. And it's not often used today but it means where we cross over God's boundaries and the boundaries of another person. We're trespassing against God or other people. And uh, I love the way the message translation by Eugene Peterson puts it. Keep us forgiven with you God and forgiving others that's so succinct there now a Sunday school teacher had just concluded her lesson and wanted to make sure she had made her point so she said can anyone tell me what you must do before you can obtain forgiveness of sin there was a short pause quiet silence for a moment and then from the back of the room a small boy spoke up and said sin sin Getting it? Got it? Good. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Jesus goes on and amplifies this a little bit in, in a few verses later on in verses 14 and 15, he says, this is what Jesus is saying, he says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others your father will not forgive your sins whoa that's pretty strong if you forgive those who sin against you your heavenly father will forgive you but if you refuse to forgive others your father will not forgive your sins now that raises two concerns for me immediately One is its meaning is very, very clear. (laughs) I always hate it when the Bible is so clear because I haven't got an excuse then. It's so clear. What you see is what you see or what you've read is what you've read. (laughs) You can't twist it any, any other way. And secondly, the concern is that the implications for me of that being so clear are crucial, are crucial. And I love that word crucial because it comes from the same root word as the cross. The crush the crush is the cross. And so it's crucial, it's as important to me as the cross. And basically it says if you do, God does. If you don't, God can't. And uh, same time that God can have the heart to forgive us for acting and talking horribly against him, being disobedient, not living in his will, nor following his commands, we should be suing the same for our family, friends, acquaintances and strangers. Because God is forgiving us if we have forgiven others. You see, it boils down to this, and Eugene Peterson again puts it in verses 14 and 15. He says, in prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. That's from the message. That is so clear. You can't get forgiveness for God without forgiving others. And um, I read this quote recently from an author by the name of Kent Crockett. I love that name too, doesn't it? Davy's brother. Um, He's the author of a book, I Once once Was Blind But Now I Squint. (laughs) I love that too. Clever man. He says we base our forgiveness on what God has done for us not on what another person has done to us. We base our forgiveness on what God has done for us, not on what another person has done to us. Forgiveness is crucial, as I said before, but it's crucial to our emotional health as well as our spiritual relationship with God and others. You see, sadly, our people, people hang on to hurts and hold back on forgiveness to a great detriment to their lives. Often not to the other person's life. Sometimes the other person isn't even aware of the slights or the whatever they've done to that person. But they hang on and hold back. A little boy was uh, sitting on a park bench in obvious pain. So a man walking by asked him, what was wrong? And the young boy said, I'm, I'm sitting on a wasp. The man urgently said then, well, why don't you get up? The boy said, I, because I figure I'm hurting him more than he's hurting me. <laughs> and that is so true <laughs> of holding on to hurts. We think we're doing more to the other, whereas in fact, it's for ourselves. So now I want to leave the Lord's Prayer for a moment, that that very clear uh, verse that talks about their forgiveness and I want to jump over to uh, uh, chapter 18 in Matthew for the simple reason they link so beautifully because in this Jesus has just been talking to his disciples and a crowd of people about forgiveness and relationships in the community and the kingdom community and I'd encourage you to actually read the whole chapter but I'm only just going to pick on verse 21 for the simple reason it's like it's it's a beautiful question to follow on what we've been talking about and Peter came to Jesus after this discussion and he asked him he said Lord how often should I forgive someone who sins against me seven times now in our modern day world we would think where does he get this idea of seven from? You know, what, what's the significance of that? Well, the reality is he thought he was being very loving because the rabbis of the day had decided that three times was all one should expect to have to forgive somebody. Somebody who comes to you and repents, you can forgive them three times. But no more than three. So Peter was actually being really generous by saying seven times. But whoa, wait till you see what Jesus says. Jesus says not seven times, but 70 times seven. Or some other translations in verse 21 say 77 times seven. Not seven times, but 77 times, sorry. Up to 70 times seven. Now, obviously, that answer was totally unexpected because the day, said three, Peter was saying, well, seven, I'm going to be super, super forgiving. And uh, knowing Peter's life and his, uh, his betrayal of Jesus and all that that was still to come, we can sort of chuckle away to ourselves <laughs> and say, oh, yeah, Peter, yeah, you wait and see, mate. <laughs> but uh, he was being generous, really generous, and um, we know from the commentaries that we look at that jesus wasn't meaning 490 times he wasn't saying you forgive a person a repentant person 490 times and when he comes to you on the 491st you say "Uh -uh, finish buddy you've had your scare you're out of out of luck no forgiveness now he wasn't saying that at all but he was saying you know such a big number that you won't remember whether they're 435 or 436. Forget it. Just keep forgiving them if they are repentant, really repentant. And not the sort of repentance we sometimes see on television is that they're really sorry because they got caught. That's the sorriness sometimes we see displayed in the the press or on, on television when somebody does something and they get apprehended and they... Express remorse. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I got caught and now I'm done. (laughs) That's the remorse. So, humanly speaking, to forgive somebody over and over again, even when they are repentant, and that, of course, is the, the condition. Humanly speaking, that's... Sounds simple, but it's... I would suggest it's almost impossible. Particularly if that person keeps doing the same thing to you. You know? Particularly if it's the same sort of wrong and they come back and say, look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And and humanly speaking, we would tire of that and would say, "Uh uh-uh, push away, put the boundaries out. But uh, this is again the case of we can't, But God does and can in us. The more God inhabits our thinking and our life and our words and actions and our lifestyle choices, as we have talked about, um, the more we can do that. The more we can do that. Although I suggest in our modern world if we had that sort of relationship with somebody where they were up to several hundred times of the same sort of thing we'd be doing something else about the relationship like moving town or, or something simple like that. But we can't but God in us can. What is seems simple to us isn't often easy. And um I have a mentor by the name of David Guzik whose uh, commentaries I use quite a lot and I just want to read a a section of his commentary on Colossians 3 to you because this is what I was reading yesterday. Colossians 3 was our 20 minutes in the chair reading yesterday and I was going through his commentary and doing uh, the checks and stuff that I normally do. And I came across this and I thought, thank you God, this is just what I need for tomorrow. And uh, so here we go, or was it Friday? I can't remember when it was, but it was uh, one day this week. And uh, he says, when one thinks of how Christ forgave you, it should make us more generous with forgiveness. God holds back his anger a very, very long time when we sin against him. He bears with us a long time, even when we sorely provoke him. God reaches out to bad people to bring forgiveness to them. The habit of a man is to not reconcile if the offending person is a person of bad character. Doesn't that speak true? God makes the first move towards us in forgiveness. The habit of man is to only be reconciled if the offending offending party craves forgiveness and makes the first move. God forgives often knowing that we will sin again sometimes in the exact same way. It is the habit of man to forgive only if the offending party solemnly promises to never do the wrong again. God's forgiveness is so complete and glorious that he grants adoption to those former offenders. Come into my family. In the habit of man, even when forgiveness is offered, he will not lift again the former offender to a place of high status and partnership. God bore all the penalties for the wrong we did against him. In the habit of man, when he is wronged, he will not forgive unless the offender agrees to bear all the penalty for the wrong done. God keeps reaching out to man for reconciliation when man refuses him again and again. And then finally, once having forgiven, God puts his trust in us and invites us back to work with him as co-laborers. Whereas in the habit of man, one will not trust somebody who has formerly wronged him. Something that's simple is not often easy. Now I want to close out this morning's um, topic on, I want to give you some just some practical uh, helps that will put I guess, this concept of God's forgiveness and our forgiveness of others in a more practical, day-to-day, uh, human relational sense. And the first thing is I want to say to you is forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation. Forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation. You see, sometimes reconciliation is not possible, practical or even helpful. Okay? And uh, you may have come across a situation yourself where you know to go back in there and sort that out is actually going to create World War III rather than reconciliation. So it's not possible in some situations. And I came across this statement while I was preparing. Forgiveness means that you will not hold that wrong against a person. You will not demand compensation for past wrongs. Reconciliation might not be possible because you can cancel the debt against someone, that is forgive them, but you cannot force them to reconcile with you. Uh, So forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation. And secondly, forgiving is not forgetting. One one is a conscious action. A forgiving is a conscious action. Forgetting is an unconscious action. It's part of their... The, the memory process of our brain where it's stored, and I don't understand how all the neurons and all that work. Um, but memory is that gift of God, but it's also when something's difficult, it's also a bit of a problem, isn't it? These thoughts keep recurring. But uh, it's an unconscious aspect of our emotional capacity and brain function. And... Um, And these words in Isaiah, right back in the Old Testament, tell us about how God deals with this issue. God says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Some of the translations say uh, God will not remember them again. He chooses not to remember them. He doesn't forget them. He just doesn't revisit them. Okay. It is a conscious act of God's to not remember our sins. He doesn't forget them, he chooses not to remember them. Is there a difference? Uh, And I think there is. Forgiving is crucial, is that word again, crucial to our emotional health as well as our spiritual relationship with God and others. In not forgetting, of course, there's a bit of a safety mechanism because we can learn from past experiences. You know, when um, you touch, a, as a child, you touch a hot iron or the stove with your finger, you don't forget that, and that's a good thing not to forget because, you know, that means Bernie <laughs> hot and, and you safeguard yourself from the same situation. So forgiving is not forgetting. Thirdly, forgiveness is a process. It's a process. Um, I had the privilege of chatting to somebody yesterday who was talking about this in their own life and it was just such a reminder to me that this thing is a process for all humans but for particularly for people whom God has a hand on who's reaching out to draw them to himself. Uh, is, it's a process as God prompts as the Holy Spirit guides, as uh, teaching and as as, uh, all sorts of interactions come about that we understand that it's a process. And and depending on where on the internet, you know that wonderful device, the internet, uh, depends where you look as to how many steps that uh, this process is deemed to take, anything from four to 15. But I like the succinct version. Um, I wouldn't be able to remember 15. So this four step one by Robert Enright, a psychologist, says we firstly to uncover our anger, work out why we're feeling angry about that person or that issue and usually that's how we discover there's a hurt, is that we have anger, unresolved anger and we've got to dig deep into that and find out why that's there. And then we've got to make a decision to forgive. You see it's a conscious choice. It's a conscious choice. And then Having said it's simple, it's not easy because we actually have to work on it. It takes um, often a long time and a process of uh, uh, revisiting this to eventually let it go and to forgive that person, either in, in a face-to-face kind of situation or just simply working on it yourself if it's it's something like that you, you can do. It requires work. and. And fourthly, uh, what you end up with there is release from an emotional prison. Because unforgiven, when you're holding unforgiveness, you're actually trapping yourself in that situation. You are um, fencing yourself in and your life is imprisoned by that process, by that event or that um, person or that wrong or whatever. You can't get out of that. You can't move on in your life until you've dealt with what that is holding you back, that fence or offence. And so uh, it's a process. It's crucial. It's crucial to our relationship with other people, of course, because if we've got disharmony between people, then, you know, that's how world wars start, uh, when there's disharmony between nations and people. And... uh, But it's also crucial to relationship with God because of what we learnt in the first part of it today is that God can't forgive us unless we forgive others. And so while that's not happening, that's another boundary. It's it's like a a ceiling between us and God. And uh, only forgiveness and release can do that. Forgive everybody always. Such a simple sounding statement. Yet even knowing we have available God's forgiveness doesn't make it easy. And even for growing Christians or Christians who are others centred, others focused, Christ centred focus, don't always find this easy either. To give us our sins as we have forgiven those who sins against us. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. Only God's unconditional love in us enables this to take place. Maybe this morning you would like to reach out to God for his forgiveness in your life. Um, there'll be I'll be down the front here, and I think there'll be some prayer team people here available too, who uh, would be available to just be a witness to your uh, request of God for forgiveness and confidential prayer. Christy said in her talk a couple of weeks back, she said just listening is loving, and so the prayer team, of course, are a loving group because they listen and provide support in a confidential way or perhaps this morning you would like prayer for courage and strength to approach and seek forgiveness of someone else or to forgive someone again a prayer team would be available and uh, you don't have to spill the details or anything like that it's just to be able to know that you have support in your attempts to do that forgiving is crucial to our emotional health as well as our spiritual relationship with God and others thanks Sam